Oh, man, get that damn thing working. Hi, we are, we're live, it's Rob Zakari, it's Rob Zakari Show. How's everybody doing today uh, on this, uh, the hell, I don't even know what the hell today is, but I, I know they have the camera all weird look, that's weird. I don't know. I'm trying to move it. I hate when I got to move it. Okay, there. I moved it myself. How's everybody doing today? How is everybody doing today? That's the question. How's everybody doing today? Well, um, the media still isn't quite sure um, why um, the Somalian <laughs> terrorist. Uh, attack those people yet they're not too they're 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 not sure they're still not sure i figured we would um, start the program with a letter now we talked about this yesterday we opened the show with it yesterday and now there's more information of course uh, as chris hayes would say the only reason this is getting mentioned is because the individual is a Muslim and he's a Somalian refugee. That's it. That's a Chris Hayes at MSNBC has said. It wasn't for the fact that he was a Muslim and a Somalian refugee. No one would be talking about it. Like it wouldn't be a big story that some guy just randomly um, got in his car and ran over a bunch of people and then jumped out and started stabbing them. That would have been something that would have just, you know, went by the wayside. Like, what? Nothing here. Oh, God, liberals. Oh, they're just, <laughs> they're just killing. They, they really are uh, just just killing us slowly. They they really are just killing us slowly. Oh, no one is still quite sure why the Somalian refugee did what he did. They're not too sure now. Maybe, just maybe, we might find an answer in this letter that he posted on Facebook. Just Just maybe. You tell me. You tell me. If maybe out of this letter, you can, I don't know, figure out maybe why he ran a bunch of people over, stabbed them. Just, 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 just bear with me here. Let, let, let's, we'll do this together. In the name of Allah, the most merciful and the most gracious. Hmm, where have we heard <laughs> something like that before? Just <laughs> Listen, anytime a letter starts with, in the name of Allah, the most merciful and most gracious, you know, <laughs> you know, nothing's good going to come out of it. It's not like, hi, dear Alice, <laughs> dear Uncle Phil, how are you doing? 
All right? Just, just, just a little tip-off. When it starts with <laughs> Allah, the most merciful and most gracious, nothing good's happening. We continue. My brothers and sisters, I'm sick and tired of seeing my fellow Muslim brothers and sisters being killed and tortured everywhere. Hmm, okay. (laughs) According to the media, according to the White House, still not sure of the motives. Still not sure as to why the Somalian refugee did what he did yesterday. Still not sure. Seeing my fellow Muslims being tortured, raped, and killed in Burma led to a boiling point. I can't take it anymore. Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. Are we are we still not clear as to why the Somalian refugee did what he did yesterday? Workplace violence? Well, let's continue. Workplace violence or or maybe a closet homosexual. Remember the Orlando shooter? Remember the Orlando shooter? He did what he did because he was a closet homosexual. I mean, Chris Hayes at MSNBC did a 15, 20-minute story on the closet homosexuality that drove the Orlando shooter, him being on Grindr and all the other gay apps being infatuated with Bruce Jenner and and Andy Cohen and Anderson Cooper. Maybe the Somalian was gay. I, I don't know. But let us continue. America, stop interfering with other countries, especially the Muslim Ummah? I don't know what that is. Maybe it's a it's a it's a a, a spell checking error. We are not weak. We are not weak. Remember that. If you want us Muslims to stop carrying out lone wolf attacks, then make peace with Dwal and Al Shalam. Make a pact or a treaty with them where you promise to leave them alone. You and your apostate allies. Hmm. Are we still not clear as to why the Somalian Muslim refugee pulled over yesterday killing one and then stabbing whoever was in the vicinity. Are we still not are we are we still thinking closet homosexuality? Are we still thinking workplace violence? There's not one person in the media 
Rather, it was Hack Tapper, Wolf Blitz, not one, not one read this entire letter. Not one. Never forget that. Never forget that. The media still has not learned. They will never learn. And we talked about it yesterday. They're going down with the ship. They are buried so deep that there's no coming out. So they're like, F it. Allah, we will not let you sleep unless you give peace to the Muslims. You will not celebrate or enjoy any holiday. Stop the killing of the Muslims in Baram. By the way, (laughs) he says, by the way, BTW, every single Muslim who disapproves of my actions is a sleeper cell waiting for a signal. I am warning you, oh, America. Closet homosexuality, workplace violence, or, or a disgruntled student. Just a disgruntled student. Remember, you see Merced out here in California. It was a student who got thrown out of his study group. And that's what just made him snap. That's what made him snap. It wasn't that he was a Muslim. It wasn't that he was a terrorist. No, no, none of that. Nope. ISIS, none of that. It was being thrown out of a study group. So... Here we have um, another, I guess, again, disgruntled student thrown out of a study group or closet homosexual or workplace violence. And a message to Muslims. Don't listen to celebrity scholars who sold their dean. I'm talking about the likes of Yerzer Kwagi, Omar Suleiman, Noman Matif, Mink. <laughs> I, I, listen, I'm sorry. I'm not an expert on uh, terrorist names, okay? And the list goes on. Beware of Al Maghrab Institute. Listen, dead to our hero, Iman Anwar Awaki. Now, let me ask you this question. If the Muhammad peace and blessings upon him and his sababa were here today, wouldn't Western media call them terrorists to conclude by Allah I am willing to kill a billion infidels in retribution for a single disabled Muslim 
are we still not sure as to the motive yesterday? Are we, are we still not sure? Because that's all I heard today. That's all I heard. Even though there was some type of message. I mean, that's what they call uh, some type of message. Just a little message. Listen, this isn't a message. Okay? This isn't a message. This, this is like a, a, a uh, motive. <laughs> this is an explanation as to why this terrorist is doing he's doing. That's what this is. not workplace violence it's not closet homosexuality it's not a disgruntled student who was thrown out of study class this is a terrorist this is a terrorist who was born raised and bred in Somalia and Pakistan, two places that basically breed terrorists. Okay? Whenever you hear this administration or liberals talking about radicalization. Oh, they were radicalized once they were here and then as the years went on, this kid was 18 years old. He was already radicalized in Pakistan. He was already radicalized in Somalia. These people are like Pit bulls. They 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 really are. They're 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 bred, raised, created to kill. Their ideology, their their thought process. Their makeup, everything about them. Their way of life is completely, and I mean completely, different. And not just like, oh, you know, you like uh, tomato soup, I like clam chowder. I mean, violently different. Not compatible different. Oil, water different. You know, when you hear people say a a clash of civilizations. And liberals go, oh, don't say that. That's what they want. I mean, that's what they want. That's who they are. It's 
that's an 18-year-old kid. Okay? Teen-year-old kid. This hate, these feelings, had been inside him for years. He didn't just snap. It's like when you hear about the pit bull that just mauls a kid. Kills the kid, and the family goes, we don't know what happened. He was our pet. He wasn't a fighting dog. We just, he did. Well, because they're bred to kill. Why have you never heard of a poodle? Why have you never heard of a Pomeranian mauling a child? Why is it always a pit bull? It's the bloodline. the inbreeding, the DNA makeup. And that's what you have here. Because even the ones that aren't terrorists, even the ones that don't blow themselves up, if you sit down and listen to them talk, You'll hear tinges of terrorist ideology. You hear words that come out of their mouth that are very similar to the words of the people that blow themselves up. Those people that don't blow themselves up, they just haven't gone to that place yet, but it's in them. It's in them. When you hear them say, well, you know, if if America would stop going to the lands and they would stop this... It's always if they would stop. 9-11 wouldn't have happened if America wouldn't have. I mean, how many non, as they would say, terrorist Muslims, the rational Muslims, have you heard say things like that? Well, if this did... Man, they're right there. They are right there. They are at that edge. They just haven't fully committed to the terrorist lifestyle. But if sides were drawn, they'd be there strapped with a bomb if they had to. You ever listen to Louis Farrakhan? Have you ever listened to some of these people? I mean, they're right there, man. They're right there. And again, how do you stop? 
stop these people? How do you stop these people? I mean, I even disagree with the whole extreme vetting thing. Because let's face it. You don't know what makes some of them go to here. It's in them. And if they want to be in this country bad enough, they're not going to say the wrong things. It's kind of like the smugglers. Over on the border in California or in Arizona. And the smugglers tell the people, this is what you say. This is how you say it. When you get caught, you talk about asylum. Talk about uh, fearing for your life. You talk about drug lords wanting to kill you. If you're a woman, you talk about uh, being a sex slave. They are told what to say. The smuggler goes, okay, I'm going to get you here. You're going to get apprehended, but this is what you say. Why the hell do we think it would be different? Rather, it's Iraq. Rather, it's Somalia, Baram, Saudi Arabia, Pakistan. Why do we think it would be different? All it takes is one of these scumbags to go through the new extreme vetting process. And once they go through the new extreme vetting process, word gets back. And before you know it, every cockroach in these Middle Eastern garbage holes know exactly what to say, how to act, and poof, before you know it, they're here. And like we said yesterday, at what point does it stop becoming a coincidence or Oh, you know, just, just, hey, it's, that's just random bad luck. At what point does it stop being random bad luck and turn into a real situation? I would say the Somali situation is a real problem because yesterday was not the first time a Muslim from Somalia committed a terrorist act. I mean, I get it. It took us 40 years to finally go, hmm, maybe there's something linked. You know what? Yeah, I guess smoking cigarettes and lung cancer. Yeah, I guess that, that uh, yeah, they're related. I, I get it. It took us 40 years. But that's only because there was big money involved. 
tobacco company, tobacco fields, shareholders, senators, congressmen, the South. I I get that. But where's the big money in Somali refugees? Where's Where's the reason to tolerate Americans being killed? I will constantly ask the question until a liberal gives me a legitimate answer that is not about emotions. What is the reasoning for letting in Somalian refugees or any refugee for that matter? What is the reason? What benefit is it to the United States of America and the people of, say, Ohio or, say, Minnesota? What is the benefit of a Somalian family being relocated next to the Mall of America and given money? given housing by the United States. What is the reasoning? What is the reasoning? How does it benefit us? Except to make a few people feel warm and fuzzy inside. And like we talked about this yesterday, that's not a reason. That's not a reason. You can't act on emotions. Can, but nine out of ten times, acting on emotions results in disaster. I mean, not to switch gears, but it's the same thing with what's going on in Syria, you know, when I scroll down my Twitter feed and it's filled with nothing but S.E. Cup tweets about what's happening in Syria and the people that are being killed, the civilians that are being bombed and the children that are dying, I go, hey, it's sad, but what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? Invade Syria? Take in thousands and thousands of Syrian refugees? Again, yes, tug on your heartstrings. Pictures look bad, but man, I, I could take you to inner cities. I could take you to 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 you know, rural parts of America, and you could see children, and and and, and just you could see. Uh, listen, you want to have your 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 heart strings tugged on. There's hundreds of thousands of children 
that are in desperate, deplorable situations right here in the United States of America. You've heard the phrase, let's clean our own house up before we tell other people how to clean their house. It's kind of similar. Let's worry about our people. And not just white people. You know, that's the thing about the whole nationalist movement. Liberals like to try to lump being a nationalist into being a white supremacist, a Nazi. And that's not the case. A nationalist means America first. That's it. I don't care if you're black. I don't care if you're Hispanic. I don't care if you're Brazilian. I don't care. I don't care what you are. If you're American, you are part of that equation. That's it. End of story. If you are American, you are part of that equation. I don't care if you were born in the Philippines. I don't care if you were born in Japan. I don't care. If you've gone through the proper channels, obeyed all of our laws, and done what you've had to do to become an American, you are part of the equation. My grandmother was born in Italy. She came to the United States through uh, Ellis Island, did everything she was supposed to do to eventually become a citizen of the United States of America. She's part of the equation. We've got enough of our own people that can tug on our heartstrings. Let's take care of them first. Let's make sure the children have clean water. Let's make sure the children have food, shelter, There's no reason to bring in a Somali family, put them up in an apartment, clothe them, feed them. And you have Americans that are starving. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. And now, and now, these people that we help are writing letters that say, in the name of Allah, the most merciful and most gracious, and then run us over with cars and stab us with knives. And you have liberals saying, oh, come on. You, 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 you can't just use that example to shut down all refugees. Why? Why? 
why not? Think about all the things that go on in our society that have one bad thing happen. And from that point forward, people make sure that never happens again. Rather, it's a plane crash or an amusement park ride. But the minute a catastrophe happens and the people investigating the catastrophe goes, hmm, you know what? We pinpointed the problem. What is that? Well, the lug nut that we use on this particular airplane is made out of plastic. And what happens is the plastic heats up and then it melts, which in turn makes the plane crash. Hmm. Well, what do we do? Well, we fix and replace every single part on every single part. Well, why would you do that? Well, because this could happen again. Well, it could also not happen again. Yeah, But do you want to take that chance? I don't know. Why not? We do with Somalian refugees. We don't do this in anything else. The minute one or two or three people get killed in a car wreck and someone goes, you know, the the ignition stuck. What? Wait a minute. What happened? Wait a second. Next thing you know, 10 million cars are being recalled. Why? Because three or four accidents? The car's been on the market for years and years and years and years. You're going to do a massive... Well, of course you are. Because one is too many. But when it comes to terrorist attacks and things of that nature, it's like, nah... Liberals are so quick to just dismiss any attack, any situation, anything like that. It's like, what are you going to do? You're going to put a ban on people coming from this region? I don't know. How many attacks have we had from Somalian refugees in the past six months? Well, that's not the point, but it is the point. That is the point. That is the point. We don't tolerate this type of stuff with anything else. We don't tolerate with anything else. But for some reason we do. Well, it's the liberal reason. The Democrat reason. It's the Obama reason. Because we were never like this before. I had this conversation today with my uber, uber liberal friend. And I mean, you want to talk about being a liberal nut job? I got a friend uh, that makes everybody on MSNBC look like a lightweight. I mean, this guy is so liberal, you'll, you'll throw up on yourself. 
And when I go into the valley once a week, we have political discussions. And I, I, sometimes it may, he makes me jump up and down. I swear. We'll be outside talking, and he gets me so nuts. I go, what are you talking about? And I got to jump in the air. But it's these people. It's this kid's uh, daughter who's uh, 19 years old, goes to Oregon State. It's these people. Well, Rob, we're can't, we can't just close our borders. You you can't just bar Somalian ref. Why why can't you bar Somal? Why can't we say to the Somalian refugee population, we're full? Well, because because why? Well, be, just because we've had three or four or five at three or four or five attacks. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can. Just because your 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 car ignition up on you three or four times, yeah, that means there's a problem, and there'll be a recall. Yeah, that that's what it means. When one kid gets sick because a toy is covered in lead from paint, one nobody goes ah, it's just one. So what? One. One, one happens, there's a problem. When one happens, there's a problem. I mean, not for nothing. But look at the outrage and hysteria by the left as it pertains to police officers shooting Black folk, even though the stats don't reflect what they tell everyone, even though when you break down the stats and you add up all the arrests and all the stops and everything involving all people, Chinese, Japanese, Muslim, black, white, pink, whatever. Stats don't bear the narrative that everyone on the left tries to sell everyone. All these police officers killing all these black people. All these, well, well, who? Well, you got, you know, uh, Mike Brown, and then, of course, you know, uh, Trayvon Martin, and then a whole bunch of other. What do you mean a whole bunch of other? Well, just, just one is too many. Oh. So, as far as you're concerned, one unarmed black man, black woman, being shot by a cop, is too many. But as it pertains to Somalian refugees, one is not too many. Two is not too many. Three is not too many. Why is that? Police officers killing unarmed black men is one too many. Somalian refugees Running Americans over is not one too many. It's not two too many. It's not three. It's not nine. 
It's not too many. It's just, eh, happens. It's all good. Wasn't for the fact that he was Muslim, you would never have known about it. Oh, thank you, liberal. Thanks, lib. Gotcha. And, by the way, we don't know what his motives were. Yeah, we do. We have a letter here. Ah, doesn't count. Okay. Oh, God. We're just doomed. It's Rob Zakari. It's Rob Zakari Show. We're going uh, to take a break. When we come back, let's jump into uh, the Muslim banning registry. I want to break this down because... People are not educated on the fact that um, we already, or I should say, we used to uh, do a registry. This isn't some uh, made-up Trump thing. This isn't some Nazi Trump thing. This is real. It's legit. And we've done it for 10 years. 15 years. You don't know about it. Because the media controls the narrative. The media controls what you all know, what you all think, what you all feel. Remember, they're real news. And if you're not part of CNN and you're not part of MSNBC, if you're not part of ABC, if you're not part of the Washington Post, if you're not part of New York Times, then you are nothing more than fake news. Remember that. If you are not part of them, you are fake news. It's Rob Zakari. It's Rob Zakari. She'll be right back.
We are back. Yeah, this is Rob Scarrett. It's Rob Show. That was our good friend, Baked Alaska. Yes, that was Baked Alaska. We love our cops in law enforcement. We love our military. That's our good friend, Baked Alaska. I think he's he is he is referenced as one of the leaders of the alt right. Oh no! Remember, the alt right is nothing more than the label they give you if you're not a Democrat and you're not a part of the John McCain Lindsey Graham wing. Remember that. All right, so. A thing that has really been buried, thing that's been buried for, God, since 2001. And here's the funny thing. When the program was enacted in 2001, you didn't hear the outrage by the media that you hear now. You didn't hear the outrage in 2003. You didn't hear the outrage in 2004. You didn't hear the outrage in 2005. Hear the outrage from anyone. Well, except for your, um, you know, typical uh, whining uh, the liberal activist groups, but no one in the media, rather it was the Washington Post, New York Times, BuzzFeed, there was no Jack, Jack, Hack, Tapper, no one, no one, no one. Back in 2001, was talking about the National Security and Exit Registration System. Nobody was. No one was. And guys, not for nothing. Let me let me throw this out there. Obama was elected. In 08, wasn't until 2011 that the program was suspended, not disbanded, not done away with, but suspended, which means Obama had this program for almost his entire term anybody talk about Nazis and this is like what the Germans did to the Jews and oh no this is such horrible xenophobia Islamophobia homophobia fatophobia phobia phobia whatever one Essentially, in a crude 
and very unpolitical way of speaking, Trump has done nothing more than talk about this program to its fullest potential. Now, let me explain. What this program did was it required non-citizens to register when they entered the United States. Process included fingerprinting, photo-taking, and an interview. The second thing that this program did was it mandated that these people, as well as others that are already in the United States, register and regularly check with immigration officials. started in 2001, and it was suspended in 2011. So everybody's liberal hero, Obama, Everybody's liberal heroes in the Senate, Harry Reid, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, this program was operating well into Obama's first term. Wolf Blitzer knew about it. The Washington Post knew about it. They all knew about this. Nobody was outraged while this program was going on under Bush. And no one was outraged while this program was going on under Obama. Again, from your ACLUs or some other, uh, you know, Muslim activist groups. Tar or, or care, whatever the hell they are, that terrorist front. But by and large, you never heard boo. Listen, I'm not a complete Johnny come lately. I mean, I know I'm only um, 43 and we've only had this program for two, three years. And sitting in the corner playing with myself back in 2001, 2002, definitely not in 2008. I knew of this program, but I didn't know the magnitude of this program. And I definitely didn't hear the Chris Matthews's, the Rachel Maddow's, the Keith Obermans. Back then, I didn't hear them talking about this. I didn't hear the outrage from Eliana Huffington. I didn't hear the outrage from Bill Maher. I didn't hear the outrage from all the other hipster liberal douchebags about this program. 
Not one of these people bitched, whined, and compared the National Security Entry-Exit Registration System to that of Nazi Germany. Not one of them. Not one. Not one of these people said, how could we be doing this? This is just like Nazi Germany. The, oh my God, no deal, oh dear. Not one. Not one of these people. There was no Anderson Cooper outrage. None of these people. Now, we already talked about A, fingerprinting. B, checking in with immigration officials. And the third, and the third is keeping track of any of these people leaving the country to make sure that the temporary guests did not remain illegally. Violators were arrested, fined, and some were deported. We were doing this in 2002. We were doing it in three, in four, and five. And when you talk to one of your liberal douchebag friends, and you say, hey, man, we were doing this program, this national security entry, ag- yeah, but they were only doing it during Bush. No, 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 no. No, 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 liberal douchebag. They were doing it for Obama's first term. Obama wasn't going to stop this in his first term. Obama was going to make sure he got reelected. That's why DACA and all that stuff didn't happen. Until after he got reelected. Remember, Democrats controlled every aspect of our government for the first two years. They could have put gun legislation in place, they could have done immigration reform. They could have made Bruce Jenner be able to take a dump in whatever bathroom he wants. They could have done away with the National Security Entry Exit Registration. They could have done all that stuff, but they didn't. If we had this program... I guarantee, well, I don't know if I can guarantee, but I bet you, I bet you at least one attack that we've had in the last three years would have been stopped. At least one would have been stopped.
at least one, one of these attacks, rather it was Orlando, rather it was any of these Somali attacks, San Bernardino, if these people were required to check in every single month, We would have known when these people were flying into Pakistan. We would have known when they were flying into Saudi. We would have known. We would have known where they were all at. We would have known. One. All I'm saying is one. Doesn't have to be all of them, but one. If one life was saved. It makes this program worth it. Now, here's the criteria. Again, this isn't Islamophobia. What this is doing is targeting the problem. Targeting the problem. 16 Years of age or older. 25 countries. Afghanistan, Algeria, Bahrain, Bangladesh, Egypt, Indonesia, Iran, Syria, Somalia, Saudi Arabia, Pakistan, Morocco, Lebanon. Jordan, Kuwait, I would say uh, that the terrorist from yesterday would have fell right in this category. Okay. Sorry to break that news to you. Now, research showed that the program registered and monitored more than 80,000 men and boys. More than 13,000 of those were placed in deportation proceedings, which means they broke the law. They broke the rules. There's nothing wrong with deporting somebody that broke the rules. Uprooting and tearing families apart somehow the breaking point. Seriously. That somehow is the breaking point. Rather, it's illegals from Guatemala or Mexico or Colombia or Arabs 
they break the law, and in turn, they get deported. And the words we always hear from douchebag liberals are uprooting and tearing families apart. Imagine. Imagine. Imagine all the Americans that have broken the law. Imagine they just say, hey, man, you can't send me to jail. You can't punish me the prison term. You're going to uproot and tear my family apart. Yeah, see how that works out. Go ask Teresa Godoichi. Go ask Joe Godoichi. I know, it's ridiculous, but the concept of giving somebody a pass because it uproots and tears a family apart is just ludicrous. It's just beyond ludicrous. You break the law, you suffer the consequences. If you get sent to prison, guess what? Torn apart. They possibly are uprooted. If you get sent to a prison, that's thousands of miles away, and they want to see you on a regular basis, they're going to have to pack their stuff and move to the prison that you've been sent to. Nobody has sympathy for Americans that break the law. Sure, if you've got millions and millions of dollars you can afford to pay the Clintons to give you a pardon, okay. The majority of the American people... When they break the law, their families get torn apart and lives get uprooted. So this notion that somehow that's the breaking point of a program not working. The law broke the rules or did something to them into Porsche, the deep date, that's horrible. It's to uproot. Get, shut up. Shut up. Just stop. And then this is what I love. When the left goes, but here's the question. How many Terrorism convictions did this program result in? How many? According to data, we looked at none. So guess what? It failed. That's the basis to the left. That's the basis to the left of not having the program anymore. Because according to them, no terrorists were convicted. Doesn't account for people that were deported because they were planning on carrying something out or breaking the rules, which eventually to a terrorist attack. Nah. And with that rationale, with that Bizarre rationale. 
you have to go back to the complaints. How the people are saying, well, you know, any of the security briefings, you know, where we're, we're, he needs to know what's going on. Our, 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 our security is in it. Oh, my gosh. And what if we get attacked? And because he was, well, and George Bush got a ton of briefings and we still got attacked. Obama, he's the smartest president we've ever had in 20 years and we still got attacked. So by the rationale of liberals, well, we were doing this program for 10 years, and there was no terrorism conviction, so we got to stop. It's just dealing with liberals, dealing with Democrats, dealing with the media, it's beyond tiring. I'm seriously, it's beyond tiring. Absolutely beyond tiring. Because you see, I broke down this program, and it's basically everything that Trump has said we need to do. Except, like I explained earlier, he's done it in a much cruder, unsophisticated way of talking about these things. Now we're going to ban Muslims. And he walked it back and said, oh, no, nah, not really. We're not going to do well. We just got to do something. Again, he's not a politician. He's not a politician. He's not a politician. What he should have said out of the gate, just said, if I become president, I will reinstitute what President Obama has suspended, which is the National Security Entry Exit Registration System. We have had this place, we've had this place for 10 plus years, 12 plus years. And let me explain to all of you exactly what it is. And then he breaks down exactly what it is. And then says, so if anybody talks about this being Germany and Jews being marched in ovens and Explain then why this program has been going on for well over 10 years and is still in place. And this president was using it right up to his reelection. It's not a coincidence, folks. It's not a coincidence. So next time you're sitting with one of your liberal douchebag friends, okay? Next time you're sitting with one of your liberal douchebag programmers, explain to them it's been in place and been working for many, many, many years. 
explain to them that when Trump says, we're going to have a registry, this is not some weird authoritarian idea. Tell them Obama had a registry. The Democrats had a registry. Because I remind you, this program was going on right up to Obama's re-election. And when liberals say, well, no conviction ever came out of it, say to them, well, maybe this was a deterrent. Did you ever think about that? Did you ever think maybe this was a deterrent? Did you ever think that maybe after we were attacked on 9-11 and we went to a heightened alert, you know, we, we, we actually gave a crap on what was brought onto an airplane. I mean, guys, remember, the terrorists got box cutters on the airplane. There was a time when it didn't matter what you brought on an airplane, as long as it wasn't a gun. A knife, no problem. No problem. Matches, lighters, no problem. Smoking, no problem. So just maybe, think about it, just maybe, after 9-11... And the fact that we put into place things like the National Security Entry Exit Registration System and Gitmo, just maybe, just maybe, these things are deterrent. Because if you're looking to come to the United States, set up a sleeper cell or something of that nature, it's a little hard to carry out your plan. It's a little hard to acquire weapons. It's a little hard. To build bombs in your garage with your Pakistani wife. If you are in a database and every month you have to check in with immigration officials. Did you ever think about that or is that something that's far too difficult for liberals to comprehend? Do you ever think that maybe this program was a deterrent? Because I'll tell you this, if I'm a terrorist, if I'm looking to hurt the United States of America, if I'm looking to set up shop in San Bernardino,
if I'm hatching this plan in Pakistan or I'm having visions of grandeur here in the United States and I'm going to import somebody from Saudi Arabia or Pakistan, I'm going to go, hmm, this person's going to be on the radar. Or if I'm over in Somalia, I'm going to say, Hmm, I'm going to be on the radar. Or if there's some leader in Saudi Arabia or Pakistan or Iran or wherever. And that leader's going, all right, you know what? We'll get three guys and we'll get a student visa. Someone raises their hand and goes, uh, boss? tough. Why is it tough? Nothing is tough. Allah always takes care of us. Well, here's the thing. They got this national security entry exit registration system. So, well, if I go there on a student visa, I'm going to get fingerprinted. I'm going to have to check in with an uh, immigration official. I'm going to basically be on the grid. If I go missing or I don't report in, they're going to come look for me and arrest me. I'm basically being surveillanced everywhere. Oh, oh, no good. When did this happen? Well, after, you know, our brothers blew up the World Trade Center. Oh, I did not know this. I mean, did, did, did any of you liberal douchebags think that maybe the National Security Entry Exit Registration System was a deterrent? Or is that common sense that doesn't register in your liberal douchebag brains? Like the concept of knowing that if you come to this country, you're now going to be tracked. Of course it doesn't register in their brains. Just like it was conveniently forgotten by everyone in the media that this has been going on under the Bush administration and Obama's first term in office. This was conveniently, conveniently forgotten. Because if they brought this up, people wouldn't be able to call Donald Trump a Nazi. They wouldn't be able to say his policies are that of Adolf Hitler. They would have talked about this national security entry exit registration system. If they were to break down everything that these people have to do when they're part of this program calling Trump a Nazi and calling him a fascist and calling him a dictator wouldn't have worked. I mean, imagine. Just just think about this. Imagine the first day somebody said, you know that 
Muslim ban that Trump is talking about. You know, that's like uh, Adolf Hitler stuff. You know that. Imagine the first day somebody said that. Imagine we then saw CNN, MSNBC, New York Times, Washington Post, BuzzFeed, Daily Beast. All of these outlets, 60 Minutes. Do story after story about the National Security Entry Exit Registration System. And every single one of those liberal douchebag hosts say, well, you know, what Trump is proposing is very similar to what we've had in place for well over 10 years. Now, None of us called George Bush and President Obama Hitler or Mussolini. So why are we saying that Trump's proposal is that of Hitler or Mussolini? Imagine if the media talked about the National Security Entry Exit Registration System when Trump was talking about the Muslim ban. Exactly. Exactly. There'd be a whole different narrative. There'd be a whole different narrative. There'd be a whole different take. The media created the hysteria around Trump. The Democrats, the media, they're one and the same, created this tension we have in this country. Just like the media and the Democrats create the racial strife. They create that. We've had police killing Black folk, white folk, Chinese folk. Long before there was a Barack Hussein Obama. It just wasn't publicized. It just wasn't glamorized. It just wasn't used as a tool to control the population, to control a narrative, to control an election. I mean, where we are today, because of the media, it really is. Like I've said time and time again, The media went all in on this Trump presidency. Nazis, racists, xenophobes, all in. And now there's no walking it back. So we are exactly where we are today because of the media. We are exactly where we are today as far as race relations and 
how people look at race because of the media. It's Rob Zakari. It's Rob Zakari show. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back.
on the Brazilian uh, soccer team. It's like something out of a movie, huh? It's like uh, uh, We Are Marshall or Alive. Entire team dead except for six people. At least that was the last uh, I, uh, I seen in the story was six people survived. A couple of them were found under uh, a fuselage. But man, man, imagine the Lakers just crashing into a mountain or the New York Yankees. I mean, it could happen. Could happen. It'd be brutal, man. Just, I mean, just imagine. Buffalo Bills. Plowing into a mountain and killing everybody. Horrible. And that's basically what happened. To the Brazilian soccer team. Before I went to bed last night, it was like, I think, four in the morning. Five in the morning, I don't know, whatever it was. I was up late doing a whole bunch of just, just stuff. And I seen it come through on the uh, the little news feed. I was like, what? What? This guy got this has gotta be a this has gotta be a joke. Hold on. This has gotta be a joke. This this ain't real. I was like, no, it's real. An entire soccer team. Wow. That's horrible. This is horrible. It's horrible. Like, beyond horrible. I don't know. So I guess say a prayer for the, uh, the the Brazilian soccer team. Say say a prayer. Say, oh, sorry, Brazilian soccer team. Sorry, your entire team um, was just killed. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, guys. Sorry, buddy. Sorry. But yeah, I mean, it's pretty, pretty wild. Anyways, that was the story. Thought it was pretty uh, heavy. And then another story that I seen, and I wanted to um, pontificate a little about it, was, uh, well... A Russian um, ice skating um, performance. And I know some of you guys are gonna think uh, that I'm uh, I'm making this up, and I'm not making this up. I, I I'm not making this up. But a Russian um, ice skating routine got a uh, uh, well, they 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 got a little flack, okay? They got a little flack because kidding here. They did a Holocaust routine, okay? So 
what they did was they wore the uh, striped outfits, the uniform with the uh, yellow star of David. I'm not joking, okay? I'm not joking. And they had the... um, they had the music piped into the uh, building of the um, Life is Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, I'm not, I'm, just, I'm, not, I'm not BSing. The song, like, well, it's not a song. It's the film, Life is Beautiful. And a song... All including dogs barking. Like, no. We're going to get you Jews. And at the end of the routine. Okay? End of the routine. The man. The, the, I know I'm not making this up. I know some of you are going... You're making this up, Rob. There's no way. There's no way this happened. Yes. Yes. This happened. So the man kind of uh, disappears. I mean, they're on an ice skating rink. It's not like he, you know, can totally disappear. But for theatrical purposes, he kind of disappears. And then a spotlight shines on the woman and you hear a machine gun go off and the woman is alone and she's stunned like and the routine ends Those wacky Russians, those wacky Russians, wacky Russians, huh? Those wacky Russians, imagine, imagine you're sitting there, you're like, all right, what kind of routine should we do? You know, what, 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 what can we do? What do you, like, maybe... I'm a penguin, you're a penguin, we kind of do, you know, like the dance of the penguins, no, 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 maybe, maybe we do, we're farmers, okay, we're, no, no, I got it, I got it, Jews, what, Jews, okay, what do you mean Jews? Jews, like you choose? No, 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 not choose. Jews. Jews. You mean like a Jew? Yes, a, yes, Jews. What do we do? Like, uh, like, uh, like uh, the Hasidic with the long hair? And then we, oh, I know, we do Drato. No, 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 no. Stop, stop. Now you're being systematic now. And the titles, and we get the gold chocolate coins. 
no, 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 not good. But what do we do? Okay, here's what we do. We dress up like Jews in a concentration camp. Come again, comrade. Come again. Here's what we do. Okay. We wear the outfits. The outfits. What do you mean, outfits? The outfits. Striped pajamas. Have you drank too much vodka? No, 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 no. Just, just roll with me. This is good. Got it. We wear the striped outfit. We put the gold star on our chests. We play music from Life is Beautiful. Oh, I love that movie. I like Schindler better. I also like the piano better, and I like the little boy in the uh, striped pajamas. They play one of the songs. What song? I don't, I don't know. But it's very important to song. Whatever song is like Jews being marched into ovens or boxcars or... Okay, okay, okay. So then we play a song from Life is Beautiful. And then we put in dogs barking. Oh, I love the dogs and the dogs bark the Jews. Yes, yes, yes. It's good, right? Okay, okay. You hear machine guns, and Tatiana is looking shocked and, and sad, and it ends. Oh, comrade, I love it. I love it. Like you're being you're being got by the Nazis. Yes. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's good. so much better than penguins. I do. I think it's great. That, I think, was the conversation that took place. <laughs> I think that is the conversation that took place before. <laughs> uh, <laughs> before the performance. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, now this is the first time the Russians have done this. They seem to be big into depicting Jews, um, you know, I don't know, dancing and, 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 <laughs> uh, you know, being marched to death. They they I'm they did before a Russian actor um, performed in a dancing competition, showing a man wearing a Nazi uniform. These wacky Russians, they are full of well, I don't know what they're full of, but they love the Holocaust and uh, dancing and. Playing around with uh, with Jews. All right, it's Rob's Carey. It's Rob's Carey show. We'll be <laughs> right back. Ay, ay, ay. What the hell's going on? 
Are you, are you coming to the train? Led by a man who wants to break the chains. Establishment is terrified they can't control his reign. Let's meet this year on the tram train. Are you, are you coming to the train? Where brave men called out for a wall built by crane. Media is terrified they can't control his reign. Let's meet this year on the Trump train. Are you, are you coming to the train? Where brave men called out the fools who lead in vain. Lobbyists are terrified they can't control our reign. Let's meet this year on the Trump train. Are you, are you coming to the train? Of hope, side by side with me, make America great again, break the chains. Let's meet this year on the Trump train. And we are going to be respected by the world again and not laughed at like we're all a bunch of stupid people being led by incompetent politicians. It's not going to go on any longer. Are you, are you coming to the train to take our great country back again? Join the revolution, break the chains. Let's meet this year. On the Trump train. We're going to win at the borders. We're going to win. And we're going to keep winning. And we are going to make America great again. Greater than ever before. Rob Scary, Rob Scary Show. How is everybody uh, doing? It's 9:04 p.m. We are still well. We're not necessarily going um, 100% strong because we're getting down to the end of the program. So we're still strong, but you know we're in like the uh, 13th round. I don't know why I'm doing this boxing motion because it really doesn't look like a boxing motion. It looks more like some uh, fruity dance that I'm doing. Yes, I said it, fruity. So, uh, interesting little uh, tidbit. And it's funny because I thought I was the only one that had, well, not I was the only one, but we in Los Angeles, we in California were one of the only ones that had this uh kiosk but uh, I just seen an article and they're popping up all over the United States I know liberals uh, don't really care because again liberals main focus is pitting race versus race um Sexual orientation against sexual uh, orientation. 
class versus class. And they do it by telling all of them that somebody else is causing them to not have their piece of whatever pie is out there. And them being the Democrats are the only ones who can help them. So remember all these years we've been hearing the fifteen $15 an hour uh, minimum wage demands. Now out here in Los Angeles uh, they've been doing protests. They did. They they marched up to the airport today. Now, unlike the uh, Black Lives Matter protesters, um, the were hurt and were sad and sore losers because Trump won the election protesters, where they all block traffic and so forth and so on. The employee rally protesters didn't block. They were actually orderly. were somewhat nice. Protesters can actually uh, be nice. But this protest for McDonald's and Carl's Jr. and all these fast food places to pay their employees $15 is really ramping up. And McDonald's is the restaurant that's getting really hammered. I mean, their employees walked off the job. Now, here's the thing. And again, liberals encourage this. Liberals push this. Liberals tell these people, this is going to work. All of these restaurants are going to buckle. Once McDonald's gives in to the $15 an hour embrace, you know, once they, once they, Give the GED having French fry flipper or whatever the hell they are. And I'm not demeaning any fast food uh, restaurant workers, but $15 an hour? Really? $15 an hour? Really? Yeah, you you you're you're kidding me, right? Like seriously. You're talking 30,000 a year? 1,000 a year to put a hamburger in a microwave? Seriously, legit? Like you really think that's realistic? Yeah, it's realistic because Bernie Sanders said so. Yeah. Really? 30000 a year. 
$30,000. That, because that's what $15 an hour, 40 hours a week, 52 weeks a year. It's 31000 a year. Throwing some overtime? Talking 35000 a year? To flip French fries? Are you kidding? Seriously, are you kidding me? Come on now. Seriously. You're, you're, you're effing with me. And on top of that, you have to have benefits. Because with Obamacare, any number over, I think it's 10 or 15, the employer has to provide health care. Or they cut everybody's hours so they don't meet the 40-hour threshold. Are you kidding me? $31,000 a year to flip burgers? I'll go flip burgers for 31000 a year. Okay? I'll go work at McDonald's. I'll go work $15 an hour. Five more dollars? Do you realize five more dollars? Because that's... That's just the starting point. These people are saying we want to start at $15 an hour. Ultimately, we want $20, $20 an hour, $20 an hour, 800 a week. Nurses make $20 an hour. Men, women that have gone to school for four years. Put catheters in people, draw blood, work in a in an operating room. Twenty bucks an hour, some of them make. Some make more, some make a little less. But they started basically twenty dollars an hour. So Angel Fernandez working the fry machine at McDonald's wants what? A woman from UCLA, student loans, broke her ass to become a nurse, working in the the, the operating room, little babies. Angel Fernandez wants what that one. Get get out of here. Get out of here. Stop. Just stop. Stop listening to liberals. Stop. Because you want to know what happened? You want to know what happened? Guess what? McDonald's now has kiosks. McDonald's now has kiosks. Wendy's already has it. Like I said, I thought my area was the only ones having it. And then I seen an article where, where they're being rolled out. So now, you walk up to the kiosk. You go, okay, I want big. I want a number two. I want to, you push the button. Your money in. You walk up and get your food. Yeah, I know they don't have automated fryer people. They don't have automated. 
put the burger in the microwave, people. But guess what? Eliminating the girl or the guy that's at front who goes, welcome to McDonald's, can I help you? Uh, Yeah, can I get a Big Mac? And they put the button, the Big Mac, on the cash register. Yeah, can I also get small fry? Would you like to make that a combo? Uh, yeah, I would like to make that a combo. So they've already started to eliminate people that normally would take order. It's only a matter of time for a system is made where one person loads the French fry maker with fries. And then it automatically dumps him in the oil, takes out of the oil, salts the fries. No, don't, no, no, no. They're always going to need, no, they're not. They've almost perfected the concept of self-driving cars. Something that I cannot fathom. A car that drives itself, knows when to stop, knows where to turn, all of those things. They have them. They work. They're just perfecting them. So don't tell me that a fry loader or a Big Mac maker or a chicken nugget maneuver those things can't be made. Don't, Don't tell me that. Don't, 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 don't tell me that. So now what's going to happen is at a place that normally has, say, 10 employees. Say you normally have a place at 10 employees, and those people's wages range from, say, $12 to $8 an hour going to happen because all of these dummies listen to liberals who say go out there and march go out there come on go out there go out there pepe go out there go 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 carlos yeah go just walk out of mcdonald you go out because they all listen to these liberals you now are going to have mcdonald's go okay Normally employ 10 people. Now we're going to give five people $15 an hour. And the five people that we are now short will be supplemented by kiosks, machines. No problem. So guess what, Carlos? You get $15 an hour, but 
Maria, Allison, Hector, and Philip, they're fired. So, here you go, Carlos. Have fun. So now Carlos gets his $15 an hour, and his five buddies got no jobs. So now Carlos takes home an extra six bucks an hour, but his five friends take home nothing. And they go to Wendy's, and they go, hey, you guys hiring? And they go, well, normally we'd be hiring 10 people, but because little pricks like you ran around screaming, bitching, moaning, We now cut half our staff. We're not hiring anybody. Maybe try Jack in the Box. And then they move on down. And before you know it, all of these places go automated. Now listen, I'm not saying hey, let's pay people $2 an hour. But at some point, it gets a little ridiculous. $15 an hour, it's a little ridiculous. Okay? 10 bucks an hour, okay. Remember, guys, working at McDonald's is never supposed to be a career option. Or at least working at McDonald's for 8 bucks an hour. It's not supposed to be a career option that is forever. Meaning, start at McDonald's. You're working the fry cooker for eight bucks an hour. And you say, I want to make a career being here at McDonald's. I would eventually like to be a manager. I would eventually like to be a district manager. I would eventually like to own my own franchise. So I'm going to start here. I'm going to learn everything there is about the McDonald's franchise. I'm going to go to school, take some online courses, go to night school at the local community college. It's affordable. You don't have to go to Princeton or Harvard. And then you work your way up. McDonald's is never supposed to be, I'm 50 years old and I've been slinging fries for 25 years. That's not what McDonald's is supposed to be for. I'm sorry. I'm not being a douchebag Republican, but that's not what it was supposed to be for. So the concept of $15 an hour is ridiculous. And instead, what's happening is kiosks, just like Wendy's. Like I said, I thought we were the only that had these things because it's L.A., we're hipster douchebag. I didn't know that they're starting to pop up everywhere. For every fast food restaurant that has a kiosk put in, that is an employee or two that gets fired. You don't think when you go to a grocery store 
and you see rows of those self-serve kiosks, you don't think those things take people's jobs? You don't think that takes five people's jobs? I mean, there comes a point where you push this minimum wage. We want $15, and that's our starting point. We want $20 to the point where the business goes, ah, sorry, guys, can't afford it. Oh, Rob, man, you're talking about billion-dollar corporations. Listen, ultimately, billion-dollar corporations all have a bottom line as it pertains to the stores. Okay? If the store doesn't make money, it closes up. If the McDonald's on Reseda is not making money, it closes up. If you're a mom-par restaurant, and we've got a bunch of mom-pa-style restaurants out here. And all of a sudden, the government comes in and says, hey, you got to pay everybody almost double. Wait, what? What do you mean they got to pay everybody? I can't afford to pay everybody. I can't afford to add an extra $1,500 a week to my nut. I can't do that. Talking about six, seven thousand X. I can't do that. Oh, well. Sorry. Don't be in business. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, though. Wait. But at this rate, at what I was doing, I was able to be in business. And the 17 people that worked for me were able to feed their families. We were fine. Everybody was fine. Now you're telling me that I have to pay everybody more, which in turn is going to make me close my business and put all of these people out of work. I mean, it's ludicrous. It's absolutely ludicrous. And that's the liberal mindset. That's the liberal mindset. Oh, is that our boss driving... A Mercedes? I don't have a Mercedes. I take the bus. Or I drive a Nissan. I want to drive a Mercedes. That's not fair. Give me your Mercedes. That's liberal logic. That's liberal thinking. That's why we have people going to Cuba for Castro's Funeral. We have people from the Obama administration going to pay respects, communist dictator. Makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Right? Makes a lot of sense. It's your typical liberal thought process. I have $5. You have $20. This $5 isn't enough. I want 
part of your $20. Well, why? Well, because it's just not fair. Well, why isn't it fair? I worked hard for my $20. Why why should I give you part of my $20? Because, oh, it's always because. Why should we let Somali refugees in the country? Because, oh, Tony, dealing with a liberal is like dealing with a child. It's all on feelings, emotions, and because. So, all my friends at McDonald's, there's your $15 um, minimum wage increase. There's your protest. Kiosks, my friends. Kiosks to put you all out of jobs. Have fun. It's Rob Zakaria. It's Rob Zakaria Show. All right, listen to me. We're out of here. We're done. It was 9, I don't know, 9.30. You guys have been great. You guys are the best, as always. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on um, Spreaker. Follow us on iTunes. Follow us on iHeartRadio. Go to iHeartRadio. And you can type in the Rob Zakaria Show, and it's there. Go in your car. If you have the iHeartRadio uh, app in your car, one of them nice cars, not one of them hoopty cars, not Pinto, you know, not not some rusty piece of shit. You got a nice car. You got the iHeartRadio app. Go on there, dial in the Rob Zakari show, and then how uh, you're listening to us. Yes, you are. You're listening to us. So go listen to us. We'll see you guys tomorrow, same time. Same place and channel. Uh, and we'll be discussing the Mitt Romney meeting. Uh, yes, Trump met with Mitt Romney. If you go online right now, sorts of funny pictures of Trump and. It looks like Mitt is smelling his own shit, actually. Because you know this has got to be killing him. It's got to be killing him that he's being tortured like this. I'm thinking during the dinner. Uh, Trump said, uh, Amin, I want, uh, I want to talk to you in private. And he went, oh, okay. He said, come, come, come back. Just come in the back with me. I mean, I just got it. You know, I don't want cameras around. And I, you know, like in the back. And Trump said, listen, I'm going to show you something. And I want you to do something. Bigly. And went, yeah, what? And Trump pulled out his big, giant dingling. I'm only saying he's got a big, giant uh, dingling. <laughs> because he said he's got a big, giant dingling in his hands, you know. <laughs> and he pulls his dingling out and he says, all right, Mitt. Uh, down. All right. Bigly. Go to town bigly. I'm thinking that's what happened. I'm thinking that's what happened. All right, it's Rob Scary, it's Rob Scary Show. We'll see you guys tomorrow talking about Mitt Romney, Trump, and uh, the fellatio heard around the world. We'll see you guys then. Later. <laughs> the fellatio heard around the world. That's a good one, isn't it?
the fellatio. The fellatio heard. 